0: Yo, what's good, everybody? It is baseball season. I can't believe it, man. It seems like the off season for baseball be from, like, August to June. It feels like it takes forever for baseball to come back.
1: You know, I'll be waiting. You got to get through all the early season of basketball, you know, football (laughs) playoffs, and then to the real sport, baseball.
0: The real sport. So this is... This is uh, Chicago Baseball Central. I know it's weird to have White Sox fans and Cubs fans all in the same place, but we're going to talk about the White Sox and the Cubs today right here on Chicago Baseball Central. The name is tentative. It might be Chicago. We might separate it and do White Sox Central, Cubs Central, or we might keep it this way. Who knows? It depends on how you guys react. I would love to see White Sox fans and Cubs fans coexisting in the same space talking about baseball.
1: Hey, I'm here because I like you. You know, you my boy, man, 100 grand for a (laughs) while. So, you know, I'm not going to give you too much. So I know I'm really obnoxious doing baseball season, but I'm not going to give you no problems.
0: Hey, honestly, be you. That's why I asked you to come on and be a part of this because I know who you are, how you are, what you represent. You probably more Norton. You know more about baseball than maybe everybody except Buster Only Probably even him too, you did.
1: Yeah, that's my kind of my <laughs> idol, man. But I'm going to say I know more than him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> case you guys don't know, this is my man Pac-Man. He is a baseball savant. You see him with his Cubs stuff in the back, you know what I'm saying? I had to rock the blue and red, White Sox stuff, because, you know, a lot of Cubs fans out there. You did. You did. It's
1: all so about Chicago start.
0: baseball. It's all about Chicago yes. baseball. Let's, let's do it yes, next, man. man. Let's go. We're going to start with the White Sox, man. The White Sox is their team who's underachieved the last two seasons. They had World Series implications coming into the season last year. They had Jose Abreu, Manny Moncato, and then you had uh, T7, uh, uh, um Tim Anderson out there doing his thing. But it seems like a combination of injuries – and poor management from uh the, the last coach. It's just all both of those things kind of derailed the White Sox season, even though they were kind of in the hunt for the central division last season, toward the end of the month, the end of the season, they just really didn't come to a cohesive unit at all last season.
1: Well, if we talk about last season as a whole, that was that was a pretty much a big picture thing where you'd be like, Yeah, something's not right these guys are not giving a hundred percent effort because there's no way the Indians should have came out and won that division. There's no, there's no way that, you know, that white Sox was losing games to the Royals. And, you know, there's no way it's just, I understand the injury. I know, I understand he lost Garrett uh, Crotchet. Yeah. Even though he was just factoring in in 21 as a rookie coming in 2020, but you know, they lost him. They lost Tim Anderson, you know, uh, a lot of fans want to argue that, you know, uh, Louie uh, Jimenez, uh, another long stretch of uh, injuries, and they lost him. Louis Robert lost him for a, a stretch. And if they talk about those players playing together at the same time, it would made a world of difference. It doesn't. You know, one man down, the other man pulls a pick up a team. You see had head, Hoag Abreu, who played 162 games. And I love to get to a point where we talk about how they did my man wrong. So you know, they so didn't talk way.
0: about that now because before we get into this upcoming season, it's going to be weird not seeing Jose Abreu in a White Sox uniform. I mean, like I go to a bunch of White Sox games. And we come to bat, we Jose, Jose, Jose. That's that's over with, you know. So it's like, and then we got to face him in the opening series of the year against the World Champion Houston Astros and Dusty Baker. Um, so. It's just not looking good in terms of like how he was unceremoniously, you know, former MVP, definitely the MVP of this team for the last decade or so. So like it's it's, it's just going to be weird seeing him in another uniform.
1: Yeah, for me, I, I find it really odd for baseball that it, we lacking players that that has that longevity with that one team. We about to see Joey Votto probably in his career with the Reds would probably be one of the last players you have ever seen that Play for a team that was drafted by him and he spent over 12, 15 years with and then go right off into the sunset. But with Jose Abreu, he was still playing at a high level. He always was notoriously a a, a slow starter. You know, April, you wasn't counting on him putting up these big numbers, but around about mid-May, June, he was getting really consistent and driving in runs and, you know, always led the team with RBIs and everything like that. But I think just one, they wanted to go a different direction with this team they had, and I think that that was one of the chips they wanted to get rid of, honestly, because he was for him to be on that team because him and Leary Garcia is was the longest tenured players on that on that squad, but they didn't have that leadership quality to drive a team to a world series, world series championships. I want to say it's just they came in. Yeah, and I mean, if you look at it, ahead. it's just like if you look at it like this, if in an office setting. You have the guy that put out that outputs of great numbers, but he put his head down, bill to bell, go home. But his his work is solid. That's just what uh, Jose Abreu was. Here and there you'll get an employee of the month, you know. Here and there you be you be top two employee, you know. But it's not like all right, I want to be the the manager of this branch. I want to be a regional of this of this um, area. He just put his head down, do his job consistently, and just go home. And I feel like that's what Jose Abreu was.
0: Okay. Well, he, he's still a White Sox legend. He definitely helped us out after we lost, you know, Paul Canerco and all the rest of those guys from the uh, World Series White Sox teams. Uh, Jose kind of bridge that gap. So now we're looking to this season. That's, that's all last season. Good luck to Jose you out there in Houston. Now we're looking at the output from the White Sox. Brand new coach uh, on the squad. That's the first thing I want to discuss about this year's team. Uh, he's the first coach in 30 years, Pac-Man, that the White Sox organization has hired that didn't have anything to do with the organization prior to being a coach on the squad.
1: Yeah, that is true. I, I had thought about that. I was going to say Jerry Manuel, but I, he played with the Sox back in the, the 80s, and so he had ties with them. But you, you're right. you you absolutely right. And you look at the hiring process. For the White Sox, it, it's some kind of connection. It's some type of loyalty. It's like it's like I, I'll, I'll owe you something to come back and and do this with the Tony Larusas to the Robin Ventura's. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just like this is a step in the right direction, but it's not the right step in the right d- direction. You see what I'm saying?
0: Like, because so you're saying that um, and, and before we move forward, that the new coach, his name is um Pedro Grifal, he has yes. a background in minor league baseball. He never made it to the majors as a player, but he played in the minor leagues for a little while, and then he started coaching. His latest stint was with the Kansas City Royals, and he has a lot of credit. People have been getting a lot of credit for his analytics approach to bas- to baseball. I might say basketball a lot because I'm usually talking basketball with my guys. But he has a, he has an analytics approach to the game, whereas last coach didn't, obviously. He was, he was an old-school coach.
1: Yeah, yeah. Pedro Grafal is just one of those guys that was. I, I don't know, but the Royals didn't have. They did have a strong coaching staff because he was on that championship team in you know twenty uh, fifteen uh, well, 2014 mm-hmm. and or 2015 So, but he was a catching instructor. So, it, it wasn't like he was directly in, involved in in every game decision. He was in there mm-hmm. to develop Salvo, uh, Salvador Perez. And some certain minor leaguers that, you know, they, they like his approach. That's like, you know, when you go into the White Sox, you love him. Um, let's say Chris Getz. You love Chris Getz mm-hmm. from the White Sox and, and what his approach was with uh, in the minor leagues as a manager, a bitch coach and also a third base coach for a period of time for him. You just love that guy in that organization because he gets it. He knows these players. He helped them with little nuances of their game. And you like, he needs to get a break as a coach. But I don't think this was his time. I don't think Rafal should have took over this team at this particular point because they in the they in the window right now to win. Like this is
0: mm-hmm.
1: this is this is boom or bust right now. And the Sox fans don't want to meet it. Like like your window is closing really fast because you have a, a lot of maintenance you have to do on the team coming up in the in the next offseason.
0: Yes, sir. And and speaking of maintenance, um, I think opposition players are pretty solid right from top to bottom you got people that can hit you got bats up and down um we probably still need left-handed pitching that's that's more in your your vein I'm sure you know what's missing from this team but what I'm kind of worried about is pitching um we didn't bring Carlos Rodon back last season and he went out and had another great season out west and now he's a Yankee um Liam Hendricks is supposed to be our closer but he has like Hodgkin's disease or something like it's, it's it's, it's just trouble right now. Looking in that, so I'm I'm thinking about that bullpen and who's gonna come in and close out games because last season, regardless of what the lead was, the White Sox closers just did not get it done. Um, so can we can we depend on a, a, a Kendall Graveman or or can we depend on an Aaron Bummer? And I don't think you should trust on any trust anybody whose last name is Bummer, Ronaldo oh, no. <laughs> Lopez or or Jay, Joe Kelly. Like who's gonna come in and be that stalwart out the bullpen? To, to close out games for the White Sox.
1: No, for me and looking at the White Sox and being objective, you do not have to worry about the closing position. You can do a close about committee and we'll be fine. And that would be a spot where, you know, if you got a lead at least by two two innings, you don't have anything wrong, uh, to worry about. Because you got Lopez who've been saying he wants to be a closer. And also he in a walk here. So he has to perform. So if he, if he coming in, I don't know who they solidified as their closer to, to until Liam come back, but man, Lopez getting in that, that role, you don't have to worry. You also got Joe Kelly, who was a play for the Dodgers in Boston. You have Kendall Graveman, who was, I like to throw this out here. He went through the Cubs pitch lab and they revived his career when he went off to um Seattle and Houston and he caught, he was a closer for them. So he, uh, Kendall Raymond pitched in some high level game high leverage games uh, over his, before he came to the Sox. I thought they paid him a little too much, but they get the, there is the right fallback because you never know because you got to get acclimated to an a, a actual another organization and also an up and coming pitching coach like Katz and you know be able to listen to him. So I think they're fine with the back of the bullpen. Your worry should be either the bridging that bridging to that closer. What's going to happen to that? Or, or your know, three, four, five in the rotation. What's gonna go on with that? That's the most concern for me when I look at it, because now you know reports coming out that Copic velocity is way down. Yeah, he, he haven't even hit over ninety-five in the summer yet. Uh, in the spring training, everybody oh it's, it's spring training, but hey, no, nah, yeah, you need to do better training. than that. Yeah, we talk about the Cubs. Keegan Thompson was averaging a ninety-five on his fastball, topping out at ninety-eight. He haven't thrown over ninety ninety one, and that's a concern right now for them. So, Kopik, who already is saying that he is having a hard time adjusting to the pitch clock, and he's a guy that takes a notorious long time to get prepared in between pitches, you got to love the mentality. And also, he's a he's a, he a head case. Not in a sense where it's just like, oh, he's like batshit crazy or nutty or anything like that. He's one of those guys that got to get mentally prepared. Cerebral. Yeah, he's really cerebral. So, it, you know, and that's why it takes some long times in between pitches to understand what he's going to pitch, where he's going to pitch it, and everything like that. And that's that's why he notoriously slow to the plate, but he's throwing gas. He's throwing 99 to 100. But when you get to a points like this, like uh, he he haven't topped over 93 or 94 yet, you're like, okay, that's one X. Then you got Clevenger, who wasn't doing too good in a spring training, and they're talking about he's tinkering with grips and pitch grips, which is common. You know, for you know, pitches coming in, but what are you tinkering with? Clevenger was a good, a good fastball slider guy. Like, what, what grips you're trying to maximize? Why are you trying to introduce a new pitch? Like, all right, I understand the grip on a slider, but you're trying to introduce a new changeup to play off the, to tunnel. Like, why, why are you doing this? Like, with what it works. Yeah, like this is just the wrong time to be doing, especially with you know, uh, Cle- uh, Clevenger's situation that was going on before spring training. Then you got Lance Lynn, who just came off the knee injury, who's entering the age 36, who losing the field for a slider that he just developed two years ago with the Rangers. Then you got Dylan Cease, who's your ace. But, you know, he already projected to not even produce the season that he did last season. So,
0: Now, now I have seen – we're going to finish up just the last minute on the White Sox. Um, I have seen projections at the White Sox winning the division with 90 wins. Um, what's your projection for the White Sox?
1: That's fair. That's fair. It's not that even if I yeah, if I'm considered a White Sox here, that is a fair projection that they should they should be in that ninety to ninety-four win uh, situation because of what's going on with the central uh, the AL Central. You know, you looking at the Indians who have a strong team who's coming. With- Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Let me take that. To the it's hard to kind of get that. because you know. So, the Guardians do have a strong team. They have a strong manager in who's a really strong strategist. I don't expect them to win that uh, division again. I'm expecting the Twins to get out there and win it again with the moves they made. But, uh, but they, that's kind of fair. Like 90 wins, they should be there because they got the talent.
0: Okay. All right. So, we can move on to your Chicago Cubs. Now, I'm one of those rare fans. Who um, I root for both teams. Like obviously, I root for the White Sox first, and the only time I really root against the Cubs is when we're playing against the White. You know, the Cubs are playing against the White Sox. But aside from that, I like what I see from the North Side. Nice young squad. Um, they getting ready to come out and, and try to put their core out there. They had what two All Stars last season?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Contreras and uh, Hap.
0: Yeah, yeah. So Ian Hap is a dog, man. Uh Contreras is up out of there, but, you know, he went to the rivals at that. Geez, uh, <laughs> uh,
1: <man>. that's, that's,
0: <laughs> that's
1: a whole <laughs> other podcast in itself. Man, a break of luck! but uh, the Cubs, I like what the Cubs did. You know, um, of course, Dancy Swanson wasn't a, a position player I wanted. I really wanted Carlos Correa. I think he's Everybody. a game <laughs> yeah, I would have took him with the injury. I was like, man, 300? 300, 300 for 10? Yeah, you can have it. Come on now. I, I deal with the injury in year seven. I deal with the injury in year seven. Like,
0: yep. I wouldn't even had
1: that situation that was went on because Correa is the type of player, he's a game changer for a franchise because not only that he affects the game to a point where he makes the people coming behind him better, he's making management and upper management better with how his approach and his analytics of the game. Because he, he understands it. I don't know if you've seen, like, uh, over, over the baseball playoffs, he was an analyst. Hey, man, that man is too smart. He's too smart. Mm-hmm. He understands what gets you paid. He understands how to affect the game in that moment. moment. And you call me a baseball savant, that dude is a baseball savant. Like, he knows drive the He's the second-best playoff hitter in the game and only been in the league for probably eight years, man. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. how's that even possible, man? You've been in the league eight years and the second greatest playoff hitter ever. Like, just just don't make sense. But, you know, I do do like what the the Cubs um, did. Um, I still think they're going to be in that 83, maybe 85 win range and stuff like that because they got really strong chemistry. I like the pitching staff. I really they, that pitching staff is going to surprise a lot of people because sometimes people look at baseball and think you need power arms, ace throughout the you know the the rotation to win. You don't need that. The the twenty fifteen, the twenty nineteen Cubs prove you that. Like, look at John Lester was a ace. Mm-hmm. He wasn't throwing 90, over ninety four. You know, then you had John Lackey. You had all these players that wasn't power pitches, but they knew how to pitch. And they going about it like with the defense behind the pitching style that's going to make them really successful.
0: Okay, and um, it's looking like um these guys are going to be ready. They, they're opening up against who? The uh the San Francisco the Giants.
1: The Brewers. They open up the, the Brewers. Brewers. Oh, so
0: they so they jumping right into division games, starting mm-hmm. at home. Correct. You the Brewers because mm-hmm. they're at home. You going to the game tomorrow?
1: I am not going to the game. I wish I can go to the game. The game is at 120 tomorrow, so I was contemplating about co- calling off work. Playing hooky. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was. Like, man, we'll pop up there because I haven't been to the Cubs game in a while. I didn't think I went last year. Uh, but, yeah, so uh, I've been a plenty of game last year. Yeah, There's some pictures floating around with me. That's, that's yeah,
0: my saying. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, uh, now, what Grandpa Rosie got for us this year? What, 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 what's his approach to this squad?
1: Well, he was throwing his hand a lot last year. Um, The Cubs was like the third um, highest team in stolen bases. So kind of expect that we're going to be disruptors on bases right now. Uh, We got some fleet-footed guys. Bellinger always was really good on on the bases. Um, Nico Horner, good on the bases. Swanson, good on the bases with a little speed. Um, Suzuki, when he come back, and good thing Suzuki is not injured as, as bad as we thought he was. He may only miss like three to six games. Uh, so he coming back
0: soon. Uh, first week of no, eight that weeks. happened at the uh, World mm-hmm. Baseball Classic, right?
1: No, right before he was um, in the spring training game, taking a bit a batting practice and felt tightness in the side. And once you get a like a quad strain, uh, that's yeah, that is not. Uh, I mean, a lat strain, that's one of those hard injuries to get over because it's hard to diagnose him, and, and you can reaggravate doing anything. So, so lucky mm-hmm. he's good. Um, but yeah, so that's. Ross' strategy is again disruptible on the base pad. We got a lot more powers powered in the lineup. You know, look at um, the major league signing that we did with Aaron Rios. He was showing that power in spring training. Um, yeah, uh, half gonna bring it who altered his pr- approach last year to take away some of that power to be more of a contact hitter. And mm-hmm. um, he became a better right handed hitter to taking that approach. But I think he's gonna be more comfortable in that space to bring that more that power that he showed the first two years uh out because of who in the lineup and where he's gonna be placed in the lineup. Um and uh we got strong, we got a really strong defense. We haven't seen a defense like this since probably 2017,
0: to be honest. Mm. Yeah, we big.
1: yeah, like you have bias at second and Russell at uh, shortstop. That was the last time we had like a vacuum black hole defense. And then you talk about center field with Dexter Fowler, was strong defender and everything like that. And then, you know, now we across the board from all three outfitters. We got happens as a gold glove, Bellinger as a gold glove, Suzuki, a potential gold glover. He had four gold gloves over in the MPB. You know, um, then you got Hosmer, who was who's been terrible awful on defense the last three years, but he's a former Two-time Gold Glover, so I hope he's in a position to be in a better headspace to play the game of baseball. Um, mm-hmm. and, you know, I don't need him to. You don't need to be elite. You need to be competent at baseball and play. Have that mental aspect to be present in games. And I don't think he's been present in games. And I hope that coming to Chicago, that kind of helps him. Um, we got a good group of guys that got a good characters, and I see a lot of the chemistry. Like, um viewing them together over the all the season and then going into spring training. I think that that clubhouse is going to be really good for a lot of the guys performances.
0: So talk to me about, um, and good stuff, man. Talk to me about the Cubs pitching. Like what, how are we looking from your starters down to your bullpen?
1: Well, so uh, the Cubs have been known for the last three years as the the bullpen factory. So they've been taking a lot of reclamation projects and, Transform them with different grips, different arm angles, and they've been wildly effective. So um, if you look at the bullpen, that's going to be one of those strengths because you, they, you're they you going to be facing guys that's unknown, but they know how to pitch. Like the Javier sides, we're going to have Alose coming out in the bullpen versus trying to be a starting pitcher who's coming in throwing 98, 99 miles an hour and also got a devastating curve and slider to go with that. Then you got uh, Michael Rucker, who the Cubs have really been high on. He's been an older um, prospect for the Cubs. He's been in the organization since 2016. Finally broke out with them in 2021. Haven't been getting his results, but they said they they think they found something in him where well, his his fastball hit 99, and he got a slider. And also the organization been teaching all their pitchers sweepers. So as you, if everybody noticed the crazy. Yeah,
0: did I see highlights of this guy with this weird – is that the one you're talking about who got the pitch that go like this, like the, his slider just unhittable? Yeah, you're talking about Hayden Wineski. We call him West Nasty. That dude is nasty, bro. He got filthy stuff, bro. Yeah,
1: yeah He he won the fifth uh, competition. That's a guy to track and watch because they said they unlocked velocity in him. He wasn't a velocity guy. He was no uh, – 1992 fastball mile an hour, no moving on that pitch but he had this this slider that just that it was just too much for play, uh, for hitters so they was going to play on that but they over they put him in a velocity program he hit 97 now if he hit 97 give him a little movement on those pitches or cons- consistently stay between 95 and 96 that's an ace in the making right there or a number right. two yeah so right. and he got four pitches so that's a guy to watch call him West nasty his pitches is nasty um then you got a pipeline of pitcher with with the Cubs, haven't seen since ever. You know, you haven't seen a pipeline of overabundance of pitches right now. The Javier aside, craze from the WBC, he should be a starting pitcher, but you know, he's going in the bullpen. Um, he wasn't. He wasn't a velo guy either. He he came went to the velo program, and he in the WBC throwing ninety eight. You know, so and he just made the team. Then you got Caleb Killian, who who, who should have been in a rotation before Hayden. They they found to figure out what was going on with him. He's in AAA waiting. It's just this is the it's a good time to be excited about the Cubs because they're in the right place to be in the, in a rebuild. Even though they don't want to call it because they got a very yeah. rich riches right now in the pipeline of the pitches. Um, they got Jeremy Estrada who should be their closer right now, but you know they they sent them down to AAA even though he got a ninety eight percentile fastball and slider coming in just like a win. It's like crazy like. How do you got a 98 percent percentile fastball and slider and you and Triple A say, we're going to make you the closer because you you went through the minus too fast. We're going to make sure you're ready. Like this Hmm. guy right now, so.
0: Hey, that's that's a good problem to have, though. The Cubs are sitting on a a bunch of stepping stones that should put them uh, in contention quicker than it took them last time to get back into contention after all those decades of, you know, kind of mediocrity couple of seasons in the eighties, couple in the nineties, but they were consistent for this whole pretty much, you know, five, six, seven year stretch when they won that soup that uh that World Series. Um and now they're gonna become consistent again quicker. I like to see that. I don't want to see the Cubs go on another hundred year drought. Like nobody's trying to deal with that. And the White Size too, like right now they're in the what, 20 year drought? Like it's almost mm-hmm. um oh five is when they won. So it's they got a lot of work to do out on the South side. But I'm glad to see the, the, uh, the North side, man. They, they taking care of business. And I honestly feel like both teams are going to kind of surprise people uh, this season. So give me your projections on the Cubs uh, before we go. I've been seeing people talk about 84, 85 wins, um, which would be great. Uh, what do you think?
1: Yeah, 85 is the top end. I, that was my like, hey, we're going to surprise and probably be a wild card three uh, coming in because, you know, the NL Central, you know, you got the changing of the guard pretty much again. Was having added no impact players. Um, they was in a, like a weird space last year where they was like, uh, "We are gonna get rid of all these guys to be viable for the future and stuff like that." So, um, hope they can overtake that. Uh, the Cardinals a year older, but you know they pipeline is crazy. So you still gotta be throwing them. And then the Reds are still trying to develop all these prospects they got. They got some can't miss prospects like four or five of them, but they are not ready now. They probably more so. You know two three years away before they rule the
0: Yeah, when Ken Griffey Jr. is your third highest paid player, you know they're not ready.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, but they got pieces though. You think about it like they got those pieces. They get oh man, he got highs. is Joey Votto the number one. I think Joey Votto's still making like 30 million dollars or something, but yeah, mm-hmm. but when they man, the Reds gonna be something to do, it's gonna be like the Oreos, the situation with the Oreos. Orioles mm-hmm. right now is almost projected to win the the AL East and Tampa Bay really <laughs> good tough. still and the Yankees still good. So to yeah, that's gonna, Orioles, be <laughs> they're gonna be tough. That's gonna be a nightmare division to play through. So um, just like
0: the NL West was last
1: year. Man, everybody won
0: hundred games <laughs> and won one wild card. It was just like crazy. Like, how does that even possible? Like never seen anything like that, really.
1: Yeah, NL East was really tough. You know, it's gonna be
0: interesting too, but Mm-hmm. Yeah this is Again, Yeah it's this, always some team in the NL East that fall off after building like a good 10 15 game lead and they just fall off in August September and then that other team like, make a run to the to the World Series
1: Exactly that's what happened when the, Bra- Bra- um, the Braves won in 2021 You know the and then Philly sports. tried to do
0: the same thing yeah. Philly tried to do the same thing but they ran out of steam against Houston but like come on now it's uh it's going to be a great baseball season. So I'm looking oh, yeah. forward to doing this with you, man. We, we should be doing daily updates, uh, you know, reviews, uh, probably a couple of live game calls depending on our schedules and stuff like that, which, which is fun. We do that with the Bears games. We also do it with the Bulls games. Uh, so it will be fun to do a couple of baseball games. It's too many games to be trying to do too many, all the live calls, but yeah, yeah. we'll be able to do a few of them, man. And then people will be able to come and kick it with us. So uh, this is, Chicago Baseball Central, as of right now. But as we get further along in this, we're looking forward to rocking with everybody. Make sure you guys like, comment, share, follow the channel on YouTube. That's Chicago Baseball Central on the YouTube channel. And uh, we'll get other things up for you guys as the season moves along. You got anything else to say, uh, Pac Man?
1: Uh, That's it. You said it in a nutshell. I'm ready for some baseball. If the WBC didn't make you a fan of baseball in 2023, you just say you don't like baseball because that set the tone. This season gonna be wild.
0: Hey, the WBC was definitely lit. It was like, man, should I be watching March Madness or should I be watching baseball right now? What's going on?
1: <laughs> man, it's, it's crazy. With Japan, ninety-seven percent of they they homes was tuning into Japan versus the United States. It's just just, just and that, just was, a that, that was a
0: great game. That was a great game too. All right, well, we'll see you guys real soon. We'll definitely do a recap tomorrow night after both the Cubs and the White Sox start their season versus the Houston Astros and the Milwaukee Brewers, respectively. Peace, you guys. This has been a presentation of the Break Media.